Hey, greetings, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of The Staredown. It's college football season, which means it's time for our sports talk and real estate show to get into an emotional discussion every week for the next four months about what is going on with college football. We got pro football coming up. We had the end of the PGA Tour today. Let's get started, boys. I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio, joined by Bill Risser down in St. Petersburg, Florida, and Todd Meininger in Cumming, Georgia. What is up, boys? Bill, just spent a week with you. Good to see you on the TV here on my screen. What's going on, man? Not much. Just uh, ready to get back to the regular grind at work tomorrow after the uh, Florida Realtors Convention. A lot of fun. Had a great time. Got to watch Sean Carpenter in action, which is always cool. And, um, and I got to share my golf story today, Sean. Um, okay. I'm one over through 11 holes. You know, I started on 14, but you know, you know that back stretch, right? 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, all pars. Yeah. Par, par one, three putt bogey on two. Par three, four, five, six. Get to seven, which is a relatively easy par three and bogey it. And then go double, double on eight and nine. Ah. And I ended up shooting nine over on the last seven holes after shooting one over on the first 11. And shoot a nice little 82. Did I tell you yeah. how much I love golf? 82 is a good score, but boy, just the way you get there, that's oh, tough. It's just the worst. If it had oh. just been a normal birdie, bogey, birdie, bogey, double here and there, that's a cool 82, but not when you're plus one. Were you just keeping your T-ball in play on those on the yeah. on the pars? Or? I was. Yeah, T-ball was in play, hitting great irons. Everything was hitting the green, just two-putting a lot. Um, and then just kind of got either, you know, it was super hot today, hit 96 in Tampa. So it was a hot, sunny, hot day, no cloud cover. And I think it just, you know, it, it just wears you down a little bit. So, so I was going to ask, Bill, do you, do you attribute uh, more mental fatigue or physical uh, fatigue? Oh, it's both, you know, because yeah. you, you, as much as you try and stay out of your head, you, you know, I know I'm playing well. And when you know you're playing well, that's usually a kiss of death. You know, you just got to keep plugging along shot by shot. It's just easier said than done. Um, but, but also, the, you know, I was drinking water in every tea box. I was committed to staying hydrated. And so that wasn't the issue. But. You just get, you know, as, as you yeah. get older, it gets tougher. So. Well, you know, Bill, we walked on Friday uh, at your place, and then I had, a, you know, the long travel home, and then I, I was up at tea time 7 a.m. Saturday and walked and then walked today, and well, I could feel that last nine holes. And mentally, I was drained. I was, you know, had 45 swing thoughts in my head, was hitting it left left and right and left and right. And, uh, Army golf? But made yeah. a nice nice part to finish the day. Had a, had a 12-foot birdie putt that, that just missed, and, uh, you know, that was coming off of a – double double on 16 and 17 so nice to nice to hit one in the fairway hit one on the green and um but let's talk about Todd man what's going on in in uh, Atlanta this week or, or North Georgia hey, uh really good really good uh work week um I think I teased at the end of the show last uh had training Monday Tuesday and then um rode with uh, one of my many um I don't want to call him a manager but one of one of the guys I work with and uh just a really good week and then this weekend Watched a, a ton of sports, and I'm sure we'll, we'll dive into it. Um, Sean picked up this little ditty uh, tonight from Six Bridges Brewing. It's Medlock. Uh, it's a DDH India Pale Ale, double dry hopped. So that's Love my uh, yeah, that's my uh, tip to you or, or anyone. Um, look for double dry hopped. I, I think it's um, uh, I need to research, but I think a lot of New England type beers are double dry hopped. I think it's just a different way of labeling it, but. I haven't found one I didn't like, but uh, great weekend of sports, great weekend of home. Um, all's well here in, in, in Georgia. What about you, Sean? How, how'd it go? Well, I broke in a little 15-pack uh, of the Southern Tier uh, yeah. sampler pack. This is drinking the Lakeshore Fog tonight. Uh, it's one of those ones you can pick up at like Costco or something like that. So Rhonda always sneaks me one of those every once in a while. I had a great week in Florida. Just want to sh send a shout-out to the Florida Realtors and uh, certainly to my host, Bill Risser, and his wife, Cindy. Had a great time in DTSP. Uh, it's downtown St. Pete for the people that aren't hip to where the ooh, actions ooh. is. I must not be hip, Bill. Uh, hashtag DTSP. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Really a, really a cool. Um, you have the white uh, circular bumper sticker that says DTSP on it. You uh, know? They, they sell them. I don't have one. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtags everywhere. Yeah. So had a great time. We, uh, Bill and I got to uh, facilitate and, and really help out with their RE bar camp and Bill did a great job. A lot of behind the scenes stuff of organizing, um, the, the people that flew in from around the country, uh, some, some of our good friends and some people that uh, are just kind of, um, they were there for themselves. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and then the, uh, the conference I thought was great. Bill and I had a chance to co-present 
uh, a session on kind of podcasting and relationships and being and getting personal and impersonal world. And so it, it hopefully will be an episode of Bill's real estate sessions podcast in a couple future weeks as we get the recording back. Uh, but that we, we got really good feedback on that. Bill did a great presentation, Todd, a uh, 17 minute kind of Ted talk style on the, the uh, fascination of Ari bar camp. And that was, he did a great job in that. Um, a lot of people in the room, I don't think knew what they were in for because uh, it was kind of a mixture and amalgam of, of different speakers on different topics, but that was great. And then I, 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 I felt very good about my session that I did. It was a packed room, uh, standing room only. In fact, yeah. I built sitting in the back row just so we could get some work done. And it was, you know, people lined up behind him. And uh, always, always a good sign, Bill, at the end of the session when people come up to take selfies or or to ask me a few more questions and yeah. for follow up. And so that's that was fun. And then Todd, we headed back to 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 Tampa, St. Pete, and Bill kind of gave me a, a little tour of his city. Uh, he's been there for two and a half years, and he he knows every nook and cranny of that place. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Very proud uh, DTSP and um, we hit a, We yeah. hit a few spots, right? I think yeah, uh, we, 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 we parked and we got back to his place and dropped off some luggage and then we, we went walking and we spent <laughs> hey, about six hours uh, kind of went from place to place to place. Let yeah. me, let me jump back. Let me jump back um, to you guys conference in Orlando. Um, I was not looking really hard on Twitter and I just saw many people um, shouting out to you guys just, I'm with the great Sean Carpenter. Can't believe how Bill Risser killed it. Yes. So, um, assuming that some of that, I don't want to say is fluff. I would say the majority of it was was sincere. So you guys must have done um, wonders there at the conference. So congratulations on that. Thank sure. you. It was a great time, and um, it was a, a well run. It's a four thousand forty four hundred attendees, Todd. Now, uh, yeah, there's there's one hundred twenty some thousand realtors in the state of Florida. Um, wow. But this is a big event. Uh, and Todd is a music fan that you are. Uh, John Andruzik, who is Five for Fighting, uh, the, the band, the musician, uh, mm-hmm. he was kind of their opening session. And so he kind of uh, used the keyboards to tell stories. And it was really cool, uh, really cool opportunity. Bill was busy recording one of his podcasts, but um, great time. And then we, we played a couple rounds or played, played some golf. And uh, Bill, I, hopefully you told Mr. Casey, I apologize for the, I felt, I felt very confident that the issues <laughs> were. We're gonna cover. Oh, he teased it down. He 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 was only good. He was only laying one point. He was good. Oh, yeah, he won. He won his bet. <laughs> oh, good, good. Well, I, I did feel comfortable in the Gators win. Uh, so let's talk about that, guys. Let's talk about college football started last night. We are in, officially now done with week zero, as they were calling it. Uh, the college football season is off and running. I believe it started with the Villanova Colgate game uh, mm. in Philadelphia. Kid Who knew? Scored the first. <laughs> Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> I knew. Uh, <laughs> yeah, good. but, uh, obviously the marquee game last night, uh, college game day was at Disney was down in camping world stadium in Orlando. Uh, tell what is that about a 60,000 seat stadium? It doesn't look very big that the two end zones seem very, I think that's too many. I think you're too big. Is it, is it yeah. 45 or so? I'll have to look it up. I'll look it up. Yeah. Oh. Um, it, it did not look like it was a, a big, uh, a big crowd. I would say it was probably about 60 or 70, 30, 60, 40 Gator fans there, but um, Tom, just let's get our your initial thoughts on the. I think it's safe to say an ugly win, uh, sixty five thousand no. uh, capacity. Really? Um, an ugly win, but a win nonetheless. The Gators hold on, and we'll talk about kind of the the progression of the game and the ugliness as it as it. Uh, my brother, who's a huge Buckeye fan here in Columbus, we talked on the golf course, today and he said, you know. It was an ugly game, but it was a very entertaining game because he didn't care who won. He's right. probably pulling for the Gators more than the Canes. But um, Todd, just your thoughts on the on the Florida number eight Florida Gators twenty four twenty victory over the Miami Hurricanes. So, um, well, I could literally spend an hour talking about this. So, Bill, it's it's up to you to to <laughs> keep the clock, keep aware of the clock. So, the game itself or the reaction of the game because it's too totally separate. Um, Let's talk about the game itself first. Just, just kind of your, your thoughts on uh, the emotions that the, you know, the Miami takes the ball down on the first drive and, you know, Jaron, Jaron Williams, I thought played really well. I I don't think his offensive line helped him out a lot. Um, So just, just just, let's break down the game. Then we'll go back and kind of pull apart some of the pieces and, and the frustrations and the, and the highlights. Okay. Um, Your bias opinion and we'll get bills on bias opinion. So number eight, Florida, you know, game, game zero, week zero, um, played a, what turns out to be, I think, a very good Miami team. I, I think this win is going to age very well for Florida. I really do. Yeah. Um, uh, people, 
we'll get into this later, but a lot of Gator fans, oh, we only beat them 24-20. We're sloppy, but this, that, the other. Um, I think it's going to age well. I think Miami has the chance to run the table um, and face Clemson in, in the uh, in the ACC Conference Championship game. They, they have Florida State um, and Pittsburgh, I think, on the road. Those are their two huge hurdles. Um, so I, I think <laughs> – I think we won. A win is a win. That might be um, a good post um, for tomorrow. A win is a win. Um, <laughs> but it was, you want to, my, my dad taught me this uh, young, you want to win ugly, right? <laughs> you don't want to lose ugly. If you're playing ugly, you better win. And Florida at times um, played ugly. At times they looked brilliant. Um, you know, we'll talk about 10 sacks. We'll talk about um, Kadarius Tony's uh, long run. We'll talk about the punter uh, making a big play. But uh, it was an ugly win, but Florida is one and zero, and they played a very and they played a potentially very good Miami team. Bill, your thoughts on on watching it once again? Not a not a huge fan, but obviously kind of knowing our passion for it and, and being there, you always do for the local team. Adopted Florida, I think, a little bit. I have, right? Yeah, I, I, of, of the big three, I've adopted Florida for sure. I mean, all right. Um, I think I have a little allegiance to USF because I live here, but. Um, yeah, so I hope you're right about the Miami thing, right? And we'll find out soon enough, I think, um, because as the first the first few games kind of roll out for the season, you're going to get a great idea of what Florida really is, right? And I think we talked about a 10-team, a 10-win team, Sean, right, last week, if you, you were kind of feet to the fire, what you thought they would do this year. I, I For me, that's in serious doubt at the moment. So, because I just, I didn't see anything different from – well, <laughs> you know, I didn't see anything different from Felipe Franks that made me feel super strong about him, um, you know, really progressing. Making in the next step, yeah. yeah, I just didn't see it. Now, well, let's give Miami credit. Maybe the, that Miami defense, the, that front seven, strong, every, you know, but, but man, um, that, that was tough to watch at times. You know, the Tony, you know, running catch was impressive, but, you know, watching Felipe Frank celebrate that like, hey, I just threw a 66-yard touchdown when, really, dude, you threw it a yard behind mm-hmm. the line of scrimmage. Tony did all the work, right? So, I, I don't know. I just had this overwhelming sensation of um, of just average. Yeah. And not, not, not what I was hoping for, right? Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. yeah. So I was really looking for them to get out to a 15, 18, 20-point win and just kind of, you know, kind of really set the tone for the season. On the other side, Mullen, I, you know, I've never really seen Mullen up close as much as you guys have. Mm-hmm. And uh, watching him at halftime and watching him post game, man, the dude is all, he's very, he's like up. He's always up. He's just like, let's go. We, we, this is, this is, this is where we're headed. This is what we're going to do. So that was positive. I like, I like him a lot, I think, personally, as a dude, as a coach. So that's yeah, kind of, kind of the opposite of a Saban, right? Right. Very analytical. Right. Uh, just everything says, Go ahead, Sean. I'm sorry. Well, I just, um, you know, it, it, it is a very passionate, uh, which I think the players really, really buy into um, as long as they, as long as they listen to him, you know, and right. he, 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 he needs to, he needs to be now the next two weeks, the, the leader of the team, not, not the friend of the team. So, yeah, yeah but he's, as Bill said, he's exudes, he's smiling. Um, I forget who the, uh, Maria, is it Maria? Um, the halftime reporter. So yeah. Reporter. Um, she asked him at halftime, what do you need to do different in the second half? And he goes, not put the ball down on the ground two yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> and he smiled as he said it. Like, um, and, and it's going to get to my point as we talk on. I think a lot of the problems are fixable. I really do. Um, and then after the game, she's like, coach, 24-20 win. He goes, hey, we won. We won the game. We beat a rival. Um, they yeah, did everything they, they possibly could to throw it away, but they won. So that was yeah, great. Hey, we're going we're gonna to go look at game film and, and get yeah. better. So, yeah. yeah. Good. Anyway, go ahead, Sean. Yep. Well, I just, you know, obviously we'll, we'll, we'll go heavy on this game. Uh, and next week, you know, it, it'll change because we'll, we'll, we'll go heavy on a lot of games. But, look, Miami takes the ball, opening kickoff. And, Todd, you, you threw me a tweet to – not that I needed coming down, but, you know, it was just it – was, it was a scripted drive, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of short, quick throws. Kirk Herbstreit said before they even took the first snap – he expects to see Jaron Williams have a lot of quick, short throws to get the ball out of his hands and, and really try and figure out what type of pressure they're going to get. And that offensive line was just so so young as well. Um, they moved oh, the ball down the field. They got inside the, the red zone, and then Florida's tightened up, gives up a, a field goal. We take the next drive down, um, and 
looks like we're going to go three and out. And then, you know, the first kind of big play of the game, you wonder how much of that is Mullen saying we're going to fake this, or does he say to Townsend, if this happens, do this? Because Townsend is a is a excitable guy. You know, uh, he takes the snap and does the one-step rollout, almost looking like he's going to do the kind of the rugby-style uh, Australian side sidewinder kick, and then just just absolutely bolts for the first down. Um, in our, in you know, well in our territory, we were on the thirty-three, I think. I think twenty-eight yard line, yeah. Twenty-eight. He had to get to the thirty. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and and that kind of swung momentum. The next play, obviously, then uh, poor tackling on Miami's behalf. Um, Kadarius Tony. Um, it, it's funny, Todd. At the end of the run, did you notice like the last twenty-five yards? He almost was still stumbling. He he didn't like blaze like the way uh, Chris Rainey would. You know, he he kind of stumbled. I just think he was a little bit. Um, just never got his footing underneath him, but he, he made it to the end zone. I think his balance is so good. He looks unbalanced, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, right? he's, just, <laughs> he's just like a pinball. He's just hitting off blockers and going. So I've, I've always said, I don't know where I heard it from. I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I made it up, but there's nothing more um, overrated than the initial drive of a football game. I mean, they have the first 15, 20 plays scripted, right? The offenses have been practicing them. So when a team gets the ball and drives and marches, pause, pause, hit pause. If that's the case, then why did Florida execute their 15 plays so poorly when they only got three out? Um, you know, was it just, I mean, I mean, again, there's nothing more overrated or underrated. I mean, okay. maybe, yeah. maybe the guys are uptight. Maybe they're nervous. Maybe, yeah. you know, somebody they're not drops, the somebody the drops a ball. It does. Yeah. 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 So I'm not saying it's an absolute. I'm just saying that. Okay. That's good. I don't, I don't panic when someone does well, right? And I don't panic if your team doesn't do well. Um, let, let two or three series go in, and, and then you can start to really um, um, get going. So normally I would say the fake punt and the going forward on fourth down were, is a sign of panic for a team, right? Um, I think Mullen had his mind. This is Miami, Florida. This is a huge game. I'm just, you know, first chance we get, we're going to fake punt. Yeah. I think – Kind of premeditated. Three for three, three for three on fourth downs for the season. Uh, that's something I think Mullen will. It, it much like Les Miles at LSU. If if that becomes kind of the persona of the Gators that we're going to go for on the fourth down, it it changes a lot of your play calling. It makes uh, third down a lot easier. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. And, and they were short, right? I mean, it was there's a couple fourth and ones. Um, so I, I thought that was great. And then Kadarius Tony's run again. There was some mistackling, but that guy just wouldn't go down. Right. He was bouncing off people. He his legs kept pumping. That was great. I do need to go, Bill, you referenced that Felipe Franks was, was going crazy. Um, that was the most disappointing part of yesterday. Um, so who's the guy on ESPN? He's from Louisiana. He does his little pieces. Um, Red Beard. Marty Davis. Marty. Marty. So Marty, before, Smith. Marty Smith. Marty Smith. Before the game, I don't know if you know what, he was a little pre-piece, was doing a pitch and catch with Felipe. Yep. And he was talking about last year when Felipe was shushing the crowd. Um, and Felipe is like, I've learned from that. I'm over it. I've moved on. And it became clearly evident in yesterday's game that Felipe has not grown up, not moved on. So that's, that was the biggest disappointment for me. Yeah. He said in that interview, he said, it's, it's not about me. It's about the team. And that, and, and you know, I realized that that's, and, and clearly at that moment, it was about him. It was about him. You know, Tebow, Tebow's excitable, but Tebow always was excitable with his own players and, and from where he was, you know, you know, get the crowd up, but never talking to the camera. And look, the Miami fans with their turnover chains and their touchdown rings, that, that, that was all about them too. You know, the NCAA says you can't bring attention to yourself yet. They allow that. Mm -hmm. And it is, it is the most obvious example of bringing attention to yourself when you're standing on the bench and, and posing for cameras and doing the, you know, the, it, it's just, yeah, they, 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 they only cover the, uh, the, the the field of play for yeah. that rule, unfortunately. So yeah, that might it might change. We'll see. But, I, I but just, like at the same time, if it's fun, it's fun. If you're a Kane fan, it's the best thing ever. And um, oh, true, true. You know yeah. what I mean. So it's always that's how that's kind of tough. It's like the, uh, the remember the guy that the uh, what did they call it the um, the Redskins that would do their like high five jump? Oh yeah, Art oh, Monk, yeah. Art yeah. Monk, and those guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree with you, Bill. When it's your team, you know it's. Yeah. As Todd said, he's our he's our dork. Uh, you know, <laughs> you can see how he can be unlikable. So, look, the Gators the Gators uh, force a punt, drive drive their second uh, drive as as they switch ends of the field, and get inside the inside the ten yard line. And then 
and then the first turnover um, to bring out the turnover chain, Felipe and um, P Ryan clearly not in sync on the on the option on the option there. Yeah. Uh, oh, he went to pull it away, and P Ryan clear, clearly Frank saw the receiver on the left, and he was going to try and get it out to him. Uh, but P Ryan saw a hole, and it was just a you know they got to figure that part out because that fumble was huge. And then they fumbled again on a bad pitch um, by, you know, Franks just does not look like an option quarterback. Uh, and bo- bo- a couple of his pitches were up in the face mask and were bobbled by the receivers. Um, so, so shockingly, I'm going to complain about uh, replay. Right? Why, why wasn't that second fumble replayed? I mean, there's a picture obvious it's all over Twitter. He's yep. on the ground with possession. Elbows um, and knees on the ground with possession. With possession. And uh, they just right, – I don't know if Florida should have been more slow to give them time to look at it. But, again, I was very disappointed that they didn't even look at that. So that turnover was bad, but I think we should have um, recovered that ball. Yeah. So, you know, kind of an ebb and flow of the game. Uh, we go back and forth. Let's go, let's go to the fourth quarter where let's go to the fourth quarter the final shall we just well the (laughs) cluster after cluster it it started in the third quarter with a punt a big long punt that the uh miami receiver duffed Duffed, i guess is the right word and van jefferson amazing job of of twice he 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 downed the punt inside the five yard line and then he recovers the fumble and then we were able to uh, knock it in off on a pass a, a greatly executed um kind of rub play off the tight end uh franks hits p ryan on a little window and gets into the end zone um so that was big and then the other drive comes down and and uh after an interception where they stalled out and franks goes in on a on a quarterback sneak uh to go up 24 20 after the long uh what's what's what are the What's it called when they bring in a fake quarterback and he runs it? Um, yeah, the uh, Wildcat. 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 That's right. And he just ran through six arm tackles yeah. um, of the Gators. Um, so they take the lead 20-17. We go right down on a long, the first long and only long pass we really comp- completed, uh, which was a beautiful pass um, through Jeffrey Hammonds. Uh, and then, then the – I don't even know what you call it. The – the long drive that was sustained by a couple, couple penalties. Mm. They get down and they fake the field goal. They get a holding call on the fake field goal. They don't score a touchdown, but they would have got a first down, which would have been called back because of the holding. They would have pushed it back to – look, in, in, in all honesty, they probably would have kicked a 37-yard field goal instead of a 26-yard field goal right. and probably you know pulled within one. But Florida, third time on the drive, gets a personal foul. The first one was for taunting. The second one was for a late hit out of bounds. And then this one was for another late hit out of bounds on the punter. They go on to miss the chip shot field goal. Wide right, shocking. We take the ball on the 20 with, what, four minutes and 40 seconds left? Worst. And (laughs) Felipe Franks drops back to pass for some reason and throws it right to a a hurricane defender. I mean, it was – I can't believe the Hurricanes were in that – were were set up for pass defense. You know what right? I mean? Like I thought for sure. I mean, maybe maybe that Mullen well, they, thought or somebody no, thought. No, they they they, I mean, they clearly audible out of it because yeah. that play there was there was four receivers wide. Yeah, there was a. I mean, it was a, it was a call. Yeah, that, 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 I don't understand. Well, you still you still hand the ball off or you pitch it. You know, even with that yeah. kind of a setup, right? And just try to try to you know maybe maybe they've got to cover the you know they've got to cover over there so you've got some holes in the secondary you can maybe bust through a hole and get a little bit of a gain but unbelievably poor decision making that's why Sean I or Todd I agree with you that a lot of it's coaching right so maybe <laughs> maybe you would think they would know this by now uh, but maybe they'll play a little bit smarter <clears throat> yeah. those, in those situations going forward yep so and then we get the you know, first of all, thank thank the Lord that Jabari Zuniga and the defensive line was as stout as they were. Yeah. Uh, it was a strength of ours. The weakness was was Miami's offensive line uh, between penalties and false starts and delay games. But a series of sacks and penalties brings us to fourth and thirty-seven. <laughs> mm. 
We have <laughs> arguably two of the best cornerbacks in the country. Our defensive backs love to call themselves DBU and talk about how nobody's better covering people and no one can throw it past them. Fourth <laughs> and 37. The only thing, Bill, that could happen would be what? Well, there's two the things. The only thing would be a long pass or a break of containment, right? Yep. Some kind of a Hail Mary that somebody gets open or the interception. Pass interference. even worse than that would be twice but go ahead (laughs) yeah so so pass interference and it was uh you know the the word that he had interfered with him as herb street pointed out was 12 yards short of the line to make he had Um, a long way to go to get a first down yeah yeah um so they give him the automatic first down doesn't get the yardage like in in the nfl um but once again they sack a couple times they they uh have a, a play that that once again, that kind of dump screen worked, but the guy's knee touched the ground. On this one, it was called yeah. uh, back on replay, Todd. Um, clock's running out. Florida, you know, had, had used up timeouts earlier. So both teams were basically out of timeouts. And um, another fourth down. And another <laughs> passing <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, one of those things as time's running out, then finally, finally, finally. Um, the we got a sack, didn't we? To end it, yeah. Or we sacked. yeah well, the, the thank, bad God, snap. thank God it's just ten or fifteen yards for pass interference in college, not spots foul. Yeah, <laughs> like in the well, end. and they also and they they called the one back in the end zone, which turned out it was a good call to call it back. But yeah. that was yeah. another that would would have been their third pass yep. interference on the same drive. Yep. Um, so Gators, hang on, uh, wasn't pretty, uh, Todd. You know, kind of the cliche of. The biggest growth between a team happens between weeks one and two. We get two, we get yeah. two weeks between weeks one and two. So uh, while that's good, um, it you know they'll be playing against themselves. They'll be scrimmaging a lot, but um, they they clearly can watch a lot of tape and they can clearly learn some things. Then they go to we have Tennessee Martin, and then I believe we go to Kentucky the following week. And so so I, I really think um, Florida fans need to pump the brakes. We like to say. Aaron Rodgers with one of the best quotes ever when he spelled out relax. Um, <laughs> I really think I, you, you guys are a hundred percent correct. I'm in agreement. There were some blunders, some awful, God awful decisions, plays, penalties, missed tackles, but Hey, guess what? All of that is, is coachable, right? I think, um, I think, I think our skill looks good. I think our depth is good um, here and there. I'm sure we have some holes that we need to fill, but, I mean, missed tackles are you coach them up. Um, those penalties just got to eliminate them. And um, Mullen just needs to, to, to keep working with Felipe. Um, I think Felipe was probably reading his press a little. I think Mullen was singing very high praises with them all, um, you know, off season. And I think that's not the best approach with Felipe. I think you have to keep him humble. I really do. And Todd, I also, I, I agree with you. I think um, they, they said it on TV, uh, at least I think um, – uh, Desmond Howard said it, and I didn't think it was true, but clearly looking last night, I think they overlooked Miami. I think they, they disrespected Miami. I don't think they thought the defense was going to be able to stop uh, the fleet of wide receivers we have. And I think that hopefully um, creates some, some, you know, some focus for the Gators. And this just in, we're, we found out Miami's pretty good. I mean, Miami's, pretty, Miami's pretty good. And listen, Todd, there's not a team in the SEC, uh, save for Alabama, that other opponents don't love to get up for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone loves to play against the Gators, especially uh, Miami, you know, three championships in the last 20 years does that, you know, um, no other team uh, except for Alabama has more championships in that span. Um, and it just puts a target on your back and, and it, it means you have, you got to bring your best every night. So their quarterback, redshirt freshman, they managed the game. Well, he didn't throw the ball downfield very often. And what he did, he did well, but a, lo- a ton of dump passes, um, he got sacked 10 times, which is bad, but that's also a testament to the O-line. Um, but, but again, I think this win is going to age well for Florida yeah. as Miami, as Miami prob- has a great chance of winning the Coastal Division and going to the ACC Championship game. And this loss may not age well for, for Miami. If, if Florida goes 8-4, and four, um, suddenly it's – and they're 11-1, and, they're, uh, you know, 11 and one, um, that's a bad loss. Um, yeah, yeah. Only time will tell with that. Couple, right? couple side notes as, as we move on to next week. Um, special teams, I thought, looked strong. I thought our kick, McPherson, uh, all but one kick was a touchback. Uh, mm-hmm. Townsend's punts, I think he averaged a little over 50. 
Great um, run. Yep. On a couple punts, and obviously the fake punt was great. And uh, I just thought uh, kick, you know, the punt coverage um, was was stout. I mean, once again, you, you get good hang time, and you get your gunners down there um, to make plays. Um, that's good to see. Absolutely. So let's let's look at next week, guys. Next week is when actually kind of the football season starts. Uh, we, again, we missed a game from last night. If you want to talk. Yeah, Bill. just really quick. I, I know Bill. Bill never minds talking about Arizona losing. Yeah, uh, that's fine. Yeah, you have a lost game. And, yeah, well, and it, the always take the over on the highest over of the week. It would have paid off again. Yeah, yeah. Forty-five, thirty-eight. Um, I was shocked how Hawaii beat him that bad. I thought they would cover. Uh, if I had to, if I had to guess, I wouldn't have picked him to win uh, money line. That's for sure. Mm. Yeah. Very, very sure. Um, so next week kicks off on Thursday. We have a couple games. I just want to kind of spotlight uh, UCLA at UC, uh, University of Cincinnati. Um, should be a, a interesting game. UC has some high expectations for the season. UC opens up with UCLA on Thursday, and then the following Saturday travels to Columbus, Ohio for a big game uh, against the Buckeyes. And, They'll know uh, soon if they're good, right? Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about it. And um, Georgia Tech goes to Clemson on a Thursday night. Uh, don't expect much out of that, except for uh, Trevor Lawrence to put on the show and start his Heisman Trophy campaign. Uh, my guess is Dabo tries to get him uh, four or five touchdowns, uh, start stacking the numbers. By the I'll way, what, uh, real, real quick, the ESPN Magazine this week, unbelievably good article on Trevor Lawrence. Really? How good this kid is. I mean, not only is a player, but as a person, which always nice. makes me feel better, right? Well, and you know who one of his uh, high school kind of running gun, running buddies' opponents was? Jaron Williams from Miami. Yeah, that's uh, right. Uh, yep. Norcross, yeah. From, so they, yeah, yeah. Lawrenceville. Yeah. He was, in, yeah. was he in Cartersville, I think, is where? Uh, that's right. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That's where, yeah, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence Trevor is from. Lawrence was, yeah. so, so, Sean, um, it's going to take a while, but there's actually some excitement with the new Georgia Tech coach. I forget his name. But in three, four, five years – um, basically Paul Johnson's gone. He ran the, the wishbone, right? But he lost so many athletes from the city of Atlanta who just didn't want to be in a wishbone system. So this guy is, is uh, young, energetic. And again, I, I should know his name. My apologies. I don't, but t- table this for a couple years down the line. If he can get some recruits in there, um, George tech football is going to look a whole lot different than it has the last wow. eight years. Right. Yeah. So let's look it up. Let's give him uh, some love here. And find yeah, out. I should know. It's shame on me, but. Jeff Collins. Hmm. Yep. Yep. And I forget he's from a, one of the coaching trees, family trees, a pretty good, pretty good pedigree from where he comes from. Okay. Uh, previously head coach at Temple. Uh, he was defense coordinator for the University of Florida and uh, Mississippi State. Yep. So he, he's he, under, guy? he must be under a Mullen guy. Yeah. A Mullen guy, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so uh, let's uh, – well, no, if he was defense coordinator, then he was under – yeah, uh, 15. So he w- would have been under, um, Malcolm. Okay. Um, yep. Uh, also Texas state, uh, versus Texas A&M. So you'll get a, a good chance to see how Texas A&M looks. Uh, the only reason I'm bringing it up is both the A&M and Clemson play on Thursday because they play the following Saturday mm. in, in death Valley. And then this one I want to talk about on Thursday because it's number 14, Utah at BYU. So huge, huge rivalry, but a lot of people, a lot of people in the national media are picking Utah yeah. in their final four. Um, wow. So once again, they must know something that we don't know. Uh, like schedule probably. I mean, schedule, and you know, you start at fourteen and it, you wait for other people above you to fall out. Yeah, and that's a great opening game because BYU, even in a down year, is always going to be a tough, tough battle. It's, yep, it's, yeah. it's the rival for and, sure. And, yeah. You know, once again, just uh, Todd, I'll ask you: Utah's in which conference? Uh, are they in the Mountain West? They're in no, the Pac-10. They're in the Pac-10. Right. So yeah. I was kind of thinking, like, how are they going to Pac-12? Oh, yeah. You're right. So, Southern Division. The they Pac-12. used to be in the Mountain West. I think they used to be in the Mountain West. They Maybe. used to be. Yep. Yeah. I think you're right. right. So uh, I corrected myself, but too late. Yeah. Two games Friday night, the, both featuring Big Ten schools. Um, Michigan State hosts Tulsa. And USF hosts number 19, Wisconsin. Bill, I, uh, Joe Casey was talking about there's there a lot of cheeseheads coming down for the game at Raymond James Stadium. There'll be a ton of them. Yep. Please, 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 please. <laughs> uh, and then Saturday, the first. Oh, you're, you're missing one of my favorite robberies on Friday: Colorado, Colorado State. At, mm. uh, 10, 10 oh yeah, the Buffaloes and the Rams, right? Yes. yes. Always, always, you know, it's always neat that most rivalries end the season, uh, but there are a few rivalries that start the season, and that is yeah. one of them that always is a traditional kickoff to the season. Right. 
Saturday, just a couple highlights. Uh, Lane Kiffin brings his Fighting Owls from FAU into Ohio wow. State to wow. battle Ryan Day and the new Ryan Day. Or as they're saying, it's a new day at Ohio State. Um, mm. A lot of uh, – <laughs> A lot of excitement for what Justin Fields, the transfer from Georgia, is going to bring to the Buckeyes. Uh, Miss, how about this one, Todd? Mississippi State plays at Louisiana. Wow. Not, not, not Louisiana State. Louisiana, the Raging Cajuns. So an SEC yet or Monroe? Which one are they? Uh, uh, yeah. They are Louisiana. It used to be called Louisiana Tech, but now it's Louisiana. Oh, yeah, yeah, Tech. Okay, yeah, that's it. Raging yep. Cajuns. They're always so, pretty tough. They always are Yeah, but tough. just interesting that Mississippi State, the SEC school, is going in to play there. Yeah. Probably um, a regional regional recruiting yeah, thing. of course. Um, I'm not sure what the Chick-fil-A Bowl was thinking when they scheduled this, but uh, Duke plays Alabama. Um, it's a weird matchup, right? Duke Duke's had one season where they were in kind of the BCS games, um, but um, – Interesting, Boise State in, in an interdivisional. Uh, Boise State travels to Jacksonville to play Florida State. Uh, so mm. we'll see how that matches up. Boise State getting a lot of love as as the best uh, group of five program. So mm. it could be a huge win for their uh, liking. And obviously UCF, Bill, close, close by you, is another mm. group of five. Yep. Uh, Boise State wins that one. Then they got another big one next week. Uh, I forget who they play. There's another – team coming out there to play them. If they get through the first two weeks of the season, look for Boise State to be one of those uh, other teams discussed on game day. Yeah. Um, and then how about this one, Todd, in the SEC? Big uh, one. Georgia plays at Vandy. That'll be a test. I think Vandy just plays everyone tough, but I fully expect Georgia to take care of business. But I, I, I would too, but it's just – You don't want to open up with Vandy. Right? Yeah. Just an interesting – like to play, right? Yeah. Interesting start to the season. And then obviously the big one on the, the one that's asterisked on my page, Oregon and Auburn. Mm, Auburn yes. starting Bo Nix, Patrick mm. Nix's son, the first true freshman quarterback to start at Auburn since 1946. Uh, Herb Street was talking about this kid on game day. He says this kid has all the intangibles, uh, incredible poise, incredible um, skill. Uh, Oregon. Um, Obviously, getting lots of love with their Jake Jake Harbert, I believe is his name, or Herbert, uh, quarterback. Uh, should be a fun one. This is the one in, in Jerry World, AT and T Stadium, uh, kind of the typical site of the kickoff classic um, interdivisional series, um, the Ducks versus the War Eagle. Uh, wow! And then there's a game on Sunday. Houston plays Oklahoma. A lot of love for Houston as well as one of those teams that could st- jump out of the uh, group of five. And then well, who the, the coach is now, Sean? For Houston? Yeah. West Virginia's old coach, Dana, uh, what's his Dana name? Hoverson, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Dana Hoverson. Worst advisor in Remember who the quarterback at Oklahoma is this year? Uh, it <laughs> would be Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, yeah. Jalen Hurts. So we'll see how he does. A lot of, a lot of people. Waiting for their third straight Heisman, right? Could, yeah, a lot of people saying it could be a Heisman <laughs> trophy candidate. And then on Monday, Notre Dame goes to Louisville. Um, my guess is that line is pretty big in Notre Dame's favor with Ian Book as their returning quarterback. <laughs> um, but who knows? New Louisville coach can make a statement with a big win. 20. There. 20. Bill, let's let you talk for a little bit. Let's talk PGA. Mm. FedEx Championship. Um, your nemesis did not win. <laughs> but uh, pretty pretty fun golf because I think you knew that not, not only the tournament winner was going to win the FedEx Cup, but it was just it was very cut and dry. There was about four guys in the mix, so that that meant that there was not a whole lot of other people to watch. Yeah, uh, it was pretty much down. It was down to four, and then it was quickly down to three once uh, once JT started the way he did, bogey, bogey. Um, yeah, so, yeah, and it was fun watching Xander Shoffley miss fairway after fairway after fairway, yet remain in the match. Right? Did you see that, Todd? I mean, he was. I did. Yeah, he, he couldn't hit a fairway to save his life. He missed the first five fairways and was even par on the round and, and staying in the con- and staying in contention. So that was fun to watch. Um, it was great to see Rory. I like Rory a lot and to see Rory likeable. play. Yeah. See his play as well as he did. Kepka stumbled. Rory took advantage, you know, played well when he, when, uh, when, while that was happening and, and then really built an insurmountable lead with about four or five holes to go. It really felt like it was over. I mean, Rory throws up a couple of bogeys, but wasn't enough. Wasn't even close. Bill, can you can you name me a player in the Ryder Cup era? You know, in the last twenty five years since the War on the Shore, a more likable Euro um, 
I mean, Ernie Els is not a, a Euro. Greg Norman wasn't a Euro. Right. Uh, Goosen was no, you know, Goosen was a great player, but no one. So Darren Clark, maybe. Yeah, you Clark. Think about a, a, you know, a major a major winner who, um, you know, was well liked. Yeah. But Rory Longer never really captured the attention of anybody. He was no. respected with his yeah. Masters he's win. Very, he's very. Yeah, very German. Westwood, <laughs> yeah. Justin Rose, Justin Rose, maybe. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's lately, true. maybe lately. Yeah, yeah. yeah, lately. But I think Rory is 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 he's likable. He's charming. Yeah, he's fun. He's you know he, he's just a you know, and, and I think he's got four majors. So yeah. Was, yeah. But you're right. He he was a lot of fun to watch when he, watch he, those he was, two guys coming down the stretch. You know, oh. and, and you watch that little sensor up in the corner, the carry distance. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. unbelievable the carry distance. Bomb in the ball, but once you know, Kepka, who generally under pressure, uh, turns into a robot and doesn't hit a bad shot, he looked pretty human, yeah, all over the course, possible, yeah, nothing worked, right? Yeah. Uh, other than he he was chipping like a maniac, right? Like, yo, know, he's he's very good in close, but but the, way too many shots were not on the green. He was short a lot because he was hitting out of some crazy lies out of trees, uh, because the driver just left him the whole back nine. So, uh, yeah, I, I missed, missed some short putts too, didn't he? Missed some short putts late. He did. He did. Yeah. I, and here's the, uh, Rory had a great comment afterwards. His goal was regardless of where everybody started, he wanted to have the low round of the week. He wanted the low score of the week. And he did, yeah. he did. Yeah. So making that last birdie putt meant of all the people in contention, the top five or six guys, he beat them all this week, regardless of where they started with the, you know, the head start or the, you know, so I thought that was a cool way of looking at it. That's a great way to approach that. I heard a lot of people ragging on it. Like there were some national announcers who hated the format and I liked it personally. I was fine with it. Yeah. Just everyone's in it. And if, if someone, no one did, but if someone could have had a huge week that started at minus two or minus four, it'd been fun to watch them try to steal that away from the, you know, leaders. Um, I was all good with it. Like you said, once, once you got to the second round, it didn't matter. It, the, like the it was over you know yeah, what i mean that beats, whole thing yeah you just had you here's your, everybody had a great first round because the leaders are at minus 12 <laughs> let's move on it, it beats looking at the leaderboard and then looking on the left for the green um ranking number where you're like okay he's six in the tournament but he's number one so right now he's now, yeah, Steve I, stands I, didn't get to work his whiteboard you know kind of showing true. everybody how <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah yeah but it was cool so yeah. i liked it so I, I did like the um did you see during the during the round they showed a tweet from Jack Nicholas. He said, you know, fifty years ago, uh you had to work your whole career just to make a living. These guys oh, wow. are gonna do it on a weekend, you know. Yeah. Um yeah. Rory wins fifteen million dollars. Xander for second place wins five million, which was more than Jack won in his entire career. Entire wow. career. Yeah. Um and then Brooks and Justin tie at thirteen under, five strokes off the lead, uh, and they share not, they don't share. They each get three and a half million. I look at honesty though. That's it's an annuity for those guys. So it's a little different than having a getting a check. Sure, for sure. Million. No, so, I I get it, yeah. but but it's, it's uh, still cool. Super cool. Uh, Dustin Johnson and Lucas Glover finished last, and they only get four hundred thousand dollars each. That's all. Tied for last, so they split it. Yeah. No, they don't split it. They each get four hundred. Oh, that's right. Yeah, three ninety five was the for last place. Three hundred ninety five thousand. Yeah, just for making the wow. final thirty. Yeah, I love yeah. it. Yeah, so, so that's good. Yeah, but no, no golf for a while. We'll have the wraparound season. We'll start soon. So a lot of the guys that are that that one twenty five, you start seeing a lot of names that they're jump up there and yeah, a lot of the stars. Um, but you'll you'll see a few. I mean, they'll they'll play here and there and and try and you know pick their spots and pick their. Uh, saw the saw the first ads for the Presidents Cup though in in mm-hmm. December. Uh, mm-hmm. Lots this weekend. Um, let's quickly hit the NFL guys. One big story in the NFL. I want to, I want to touch on happened yesterday. Uh, Andrew Luck during our Gator game came across as breaking news, decided to retire after just a six year career, all with the Indianapolis Colts, uh, star at Stanford, Heisman trophy runner up. Um, just your thoughts on Andrew Luck retiring. He joins a pantheon of players, Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders, uh, Gail Sayers, Jim Brown, um, that, I think destined for really solid careers and just decided to hang it up a little early. Two, two things that are incredible is Tom Brady's 42, right? Drew Brees is 40 and Lux retiring at 29. So think of it, just put that in perspective, yeah. how amazing those two guys are. Um, Brees and, and Brady just to still be going at it. So 
talk about tweets that won't age well. Um, Doug Gottlieb, I don't know if you guys saw it, but look up his tweet. Just, um, I think two, two, one guy, maybe more, and one set of people. Um, the, the Bengals fans who booed – uh, not Bengals, I'm sorry. The Colts fans who booed yeah. Luck um, right. as he was leaving. It's just despicable. Why did they boo, why did they boo him? Did they boo him because of his performance in the first half? No, no. He was no, a, he was they, they found out. Peter King or – no, who was Adam Schefter? Oh, Schefter. So they and heard he, it. Uh, he tweeted, he yeah. tweeted that he's retiring and people are on their phone – um, heard it through the ah, grapevine. That's where it came from. Okay. It's, it's yeah. spread throughout the stadium that Luck, Luck announced he's going to he's going to announce his retirement tomorrow, and which so, is a shame because so, and you see the cameras following because every media member there, you know, yeah, was following they knew. Luck as he left the field. So it was very obvious. And, and he was emotional. I mean, he broke down and he he said that the Ursay family and the team and the coach Frank Wright all were very understanding. It it boggles my mind. People can have. Um, a hard time with this decision other than it sucks. We've lost our quarterback. I get that. But here's a guy 29 years old who's changed generations of his family, not only his family, but his kids and his kids, kids. I mean, he made $50 million in his career, left 50 million on the table to retire. Right. But he said the joy was gone. Um, He was in constant pain and he just had enough and didn't want to, didn't want to do it again. It was affecting his personal life. It was affecting his family life. And to me, if, if you made $50 million and the game that you love is no longer um, what you want to do, um, just retire and, and be well. I mean, who knows? He may come back in two years. He may have a resurgence. But um, other than it stinks that my favorite quarterback isn't playing or we're, we're losing out on a good quarterback now, Jacoby Brissett's our starter, um, I, I don't understand how people could be bad at this decision. I mean, it's a, a personal, yeah. old decision, right? Yeah. All I see is Doug Gottlieb uh, questioning Adam Schefter, just WTF, question mark. Or did, did he believe yeah. something that maybe he said that was negative? I'll find it. I'll read it. And, again, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not out to get Doug oh, Gottlieb. I see. Doug I see. Retiring because rehabbing is too hard is the most millennial thing ever. Wow. Yeah. 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 And, again, so. I, I don't even know much about Doug Gottlieb, so maybe he's, maybe he's just a bad moment for him, but it was really bad. He's, and it's longer than that, Sean. It's, it's um, 19,000 uh, comments on that. One tweet yeah. alone. If he wanted to, if he wanted attention, he did the right thing, right? Yeah. I like the one that you or Todd shared, you or Bill shared with from Dan Lebetard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Was good. yeah. And I was, I was trying to find that because I think that, you know, that, the, you know, the, the, the <laughs> here's the take there. This is the, this is, you know, you guys won't like this because you're massive football fans, even bigger than me. But mm. these guys play, these guys, I don't want to say put their lives on the line. That they that's do. going. That's yeah. a little extreme. It's kind of extreme, but they mm-hmm. definitely put their futures on the line. Of course, uh, in in a way that's being proven out over and over and over. Right, the the seven hundred million dollars that the NFL is paying out for concussion, it's a big deal. And you know, we've had guys, we've had more than one guy leave the league. Right, um, young guys in their twenties just going, "I'm done. I'm. It's not worth. I'm not going to give up twenty years of my life to." Mm-hmm to have this fame and fortune now. Bill, you probably saw way more when you worked for the pro oh, team. Those, when you saw some of those old guys, I used to see them when they'd come back for like Buckeye legend games and you, yeah. they, couldn't, they can't walk. Can't walk. Their arthritis, their knees. Yep. Their- yep. And this, this and- was back in the day when they didn't even give a shit at all about safety. Now safety is a concern. Now they've got better equipment, but they got better equipment for guys that are twice as fast and twice as big <laughs> than they were back in the sixties and seventies. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I so- just, we, we have to, if, if somebody says I'm done, I like, I'm gonna tell you real quick. I heard this thing. I heard somebody, uh, I heard a guy this morning talk about longevity of, 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 uh, athletes and they've, they've, they're, this survey has been done multiple times at Olympics. They'll go to, uh, they'll ask a hundred Olympic athletes. Would you give, would you, if you knew you were going to die in 10 years, but you can win a gold medal in the next two weeks. Would you do it? And it's a staggering number of, of people in their 20s and 30s who say, yes, I would do it. Now, wow. of course, it's easy to say that because it's not going to happen. But right. the same thing happens with football players. They're giving up quality of life in the future, absolutely giving it up to have it now. And if you're a guy like Andrew Luck, who's been drilled repeatedly with crappy offensive lines, multiple injuries, concussions, his shoulder, his back, his He's a sharp leg. guy. 
He's, he's a smart guy, super right? smart guy. And he yeah. just said, why, why am I doing this to myself? I want to have a quality life for my family and my kids. I want to be able to play with my grandkids when I'm 50. I want to be alive when I'm 50. I don't want to be going through a concussion and, and deciding it's over. I'm going to kill myself, which Ab- has happened over and over. Junior Sal, we go on and on. Life expectancy of an NFL player? Oh. 55 years. Think, think about that. 55. Average, average, average is late 70s, right? You're, yeah, you're 70, cutting 20 years. Yeah. Or 75. Yeah, you're cutting 20 years off your life, right? Yep. So, so we, we watch these gladiators do what they do, and they entertain us, and it's awesome. And they don't die immediately <laughs> like they did back in Rome, but they're giving up part of their life to do what they do. And willingly, so, no, one's, no one's holding a gun to their head. They make great livings. But we have to understand if somebody says, I don't want to do it, then that's it. There's no, you don't, you don't doubt them at all. And Gottlieb's an asshole forever in my, my view. That's just yeah, it'd, be, it'd be tough to recover from that. Dan Levitard's he already uh, a crook. He's already crook. Look up Gottlieb in the credit card issue back when he was a coach. Right. Yeah, he's, he's, he's an asshole. So. Some, someone, of course, made fun of his. He was a guard and was a 45% free throw shooter. Um, I don't know what <laughs> one has to do the other, other than it's a nice jab. So I found the tweet. It says, and give me a second here. It says, uh, be a man, Andrew Luck. Choose pain. Choose unhappiness. Choose doctor screwing up your shoulder, ankle, calf, mind, joy, game you used to love. Choose me over your love of wife and life and self and health. Because my love can often withstand an interception. Selfish loser is what right. he says. The, what a great, what a great, sarc- sarcastic tweet. What a great tweet that is, right? Yeah, and awesome. it's so good, so good. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah. I, you know, I think uh, I get passionate about this topic, but um, I think he's, uh, I'm one thousand percent behind him. That's what he wants uh, to do. That's what he does. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, by uh, the way, uh, staggeringly brutal story. You'll like, you'll know this, Todd, for anybody. But Tim Green, you know, Atlanta uh, yeah. Falcons. Um, lineman who was, you know, a stalwart in those team in the, those teams in the nineties. Right. Yep. Um, he's now suffering from ALS. Mm. Yeah. Still writing books, doing the best he can was uh, uh, featured tonight on 60 minutes. Once again, go to the website and watch it. It's uh, brutal. And, you know, um, he feels, he, he talked about it. He, he knows of 10 concussions he had, but he says in, in the best voice he can, cause he's really speech is very difficult for him, but he said, I used my head on every snap of every play. I mm-hmm. always used my head, right? And that's just the way the game is played for most people, especially interior line. Forget it. It's just yeah. constant, constant brain damage, little bits and pieces just adding up over time. That's what they do for Bill, a living. Bill, I never played, in, and Sean, you know this, I never played not only a collegiate sport nor a professional sport in my life. <laughs> yeah. And I know of three concussions that I suffered. Just living, just yes. just living. Get in your head. Not, yeah. yeah, I mean that's three that yeah. I that I can point out, seven. and maybe more. Yeah, yeah. I've seven. seven. I've yeah. had seven concussions. Yeah, uh, <laughs> all before the age of eleven. Uh, wow. What were you doing? Uh, <laughs> two falling off bikes. One falling out of a bunk bed. Uh, one being hit by a baseball bat. Um, oh shit. Two just just playing. You know, just yeah. Um, wow. Just, yeah. yeah, when you, when you three, see three, in your three belt. Kevin, three Kevin, <laughs> three Kevin's two, two Johns. <laughs> hey, so donate, donate your brain to science because I wonder if that's where your creative mind comes from. That's, right? I do, I do sometimes joke about that. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, yeah. maybe it knocks something loose. You never know. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> uh, hey guys, long show. Let's do this. Let's talk. Let's hit soccer because uh, I knew there was a big, big uh, change of <laughs> momentum in a game. Uh, I forget which team it was, but I, I know there was some kind of a thrilling uh, finish if you were just watching as a soccer fan, right? Bring up Crystal Palace, Man United. Thanks a lot. (laughs) So, yeah, EPL is what we focus on um, most of the time. Um, MLS is clipping along, catch some of those games. I know Columbus played Cincinnati tonight, a big rivalry week. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, EPL, uh, the BPL, the the Barclays Premier League. So Liverpool is in first place with nine points. Manchester City is uh, in second with seven points. But the game you were alluding to, uh, Sean, was – Manchester United Crystal Palace. So since the Premier League came into fruition, uh, which I believe was in the early 2000s, Crystal Palace has never beaten Manchester United ever, right? <laughs> in 17, 18 tries. Jeez. So Crystal Palace was up one nothing. Uh, Manchester City gets a late equalizer by, is it Jones, Bill? They're, they're yeah. young, uh, real up-and-coming 19-year-old star. Yeah. Um, 
man, they save a point um, forever. You know, Crystal Palace blew it. But then in the 93rd minute of stoppage time, Crystal Palace um, beats um, the, the keeper, the world-renowned uh, Degay, right? Degay, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not pronouncing it right. Yeah. Um, but meet, beat him near post. Um, so Crystal Palace ends up beating Manchester United. And then it's today... At Old Trafford. <laughs> at Old Trafford, yeah, a home loss, right? Which <laughs> is even... Loss. Even more brutal. You, you want to win at home and, and at least Ooh. draw on the road, right? Yeah. So, and then today, Newcastle um, stuns Tottenham, right? So, it was a bad weekend for Bill. Um, yeah, Bill, Bill went 0-2 this weekend, both teams. <laughs> I've, I've retired the uh, 1997 Man U jersey again. It's back in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> you may need to dry clean that thing, Bill. You never know. So, anyway. oh. But, no, it's, it's fun. And, again, uh, league play starts this week, so – they, they, it's never dull in soccer. There's tournaments uh, interwoven in the in the regular season. So, um, yeah. but Liverpool, all is well. Liverpool beat uh, Arsenal either three one or four one. I can't remember. I think it was three one. So three one. They yeah. sit at, they sit at top of the table. Good. Uh, baseball. Give Bill a chance to jump in on this. Uh, no changes really in the um, division leaders. Uh, St. Louis now two game lead over the Cubs in the uh, NL Central. Uh, wild card is where the action's at. Cleveland in the American League and Tampa Bay right now would be playing a one-game um, game in Oof. Cleveland. Uh, a play-in o- playoff, yeah. Oakland yeah. At, at half game back and then ju- just, you know, I hate to say it, but Boston only six games back, a uh, team that could go on a tear. Yeah. Uh, but it looks to be Cleveland, Tampa, and Oakland uh, really fighting it out for the two spots. And then over in the wet, in the uh, National League, uh, Washington comfortably four games up, but then you got the Cubs, Phillies, Milwaukee, Mets, San Francisco, and Arizona all within four games. So a lot of, lot of things still to be decided there. Bill, any stories in baseball this week that jumped out at you? No, not really. Just, you know, the fact that the, uh, the Rays can't beat the Orioles again today. <laughs> so, wow. So set yesterday and today to the Orioles, big losses. So that's hurting them a lot. Um, but uh, the best news that in that uh, little story there is that the Rays would want to play the Indians in Cleveland because they yeah. suck at home. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, get on the road. And then, congrats, congratulations to the little kids from Louisiana. They oh. win not just the American uh, Little League World Series, but they win it all. They beat Curacao. Uh, and kudos to those kids because usually uh, when you see Japan and, and China on the other side, uh, Japan and Korea, sorry, uh, you know, but Curacao wins the international uh, series and then just gets, uh, you know, they got just doubled and singled to death today yep. by the kids from Louisiana. That was fun to watch. I watched both games actually. Louisiana's both uh, yesterday and today, so it was fun. Cindy and I not, were... not picking on because they're little kids, but if you see it, Todd, at the end of the game, there worst dog pile ever. Oh, yeah. the line drive to the shortstop, and and the, the pitcher is like like calling his guys in, like "Come on, come on!" And then he lays on the ground, like waiting for the guys to jump on top. And instead, of, they finally did. And they finally did. And then he starts complaining, like "Get off me! Get off me!" It was, it was just, it was cute because it was just like they wanted, you know, they all want a dog pile, but it can't be like, it can't be like, uh, you can't lay them down like pickup sticks. You know, you got it just has to be like the catcher. The catcher needs to tackle the pitcher to the ground. Yeah. You open up a can of worms because one, uh, I've, I think I've said in years past, I'm not a big little league world series guy for whatever reason. Um, too much attention, pressure, it makes me nervous watching, even though the highlights I seen, the kids do seem very, um, nice to the other team. You'll, you'll see some slaps on the backs. And, I watched you know, the kid get plunked. Good sportsmanship, right? I watched yeah. the guy, I watched the kid, kid for Curacao plunk a kid for uh, Louisiana and yeah. then walk over to first base and, you know, shake his hand yeah. and say, sorry. Yeah. So, so maybe, maybe I need to open up. Well, a little little let, me just, let me interrupt for a second because yeah. having been to this tw- two years in a row with Ryan, um, before each of the games, they read a little pledge. The players come out, you know, you don't see on TV, but they read a pledge. You know, we 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 promise to be fair. We promise to respect Good. our we promise to respect our parents. Oh, it's, it's like a little, little pledge they read. Little pledge, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that I am so anti dog piles. Like every time, it just makes me so nervous. <laughs> how are people? Aren't how are most people not hurt? I mean, it just drives me nuts. I think it's the dumbest thing in all. Straight to the neck or something like that. Yeah, yeah. it's like, what are you doing, guys? You're, <laughs> you're athletes jumping on each other. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. So right. how many right. concussions happen in dog piles? Um, looping back to baseball, Braves, the bullpen settling down. Uh, they took two out of one of the Dodgers, two out of three of the Dodgers, swept the Marlins, swept the red-hot Mets. So Except Max Fried gave up five runs, and, and lo- I lost my win. You know, no, nope, he gave up three runs no, and then battled him? No, it was 5-5. Five, five when runs. was this? Yesterday. 
It was five five when you left the oh, game. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I was watching the Gator game, so I was. All right. That's, all that's right. the one game in the series I didn't pay much attention to. Well, I had it on the computer. I'm watching the Gator game too, but my, it was, my fantasy yeah, team yeah. matters. I got you. I hey. got you. Fair, right. fair enough. Good. I'm good. Bill, you you want to say no, something? I'm good. I was just going to go ahead. I was going to jump ahead of you, but you got to do your typical setup, Sean. Yeah, hey, I got I got one thing before you do your setup, Sean. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a little bit of an epiphany last night when I saw Urban Meyer in the Gator shirt. I yeah. actually I actually loved it. I've had bad mixed emotions when I think of Urban Meyer, but when I saw him wearing the Gator polo, him and Spurrier um, as as uh, spectators, absolutely loved it. Um, don't agree with everything he ever did. Hated the way he left, but uh, I guess I'm kind of over it, right? He uh, he won two national championships for us. Uh, I guess I've moved on, uh, and I realized I've moved on. So he talks a lot at, <laughs> here locally, and it kind of drives some people here locally mad. Um, where when he talks about, you know, they talk about, do you miss coaching? He says, yeah, I miss coaching at Florida. I miss coaching at Ohio State. I mean, he always brings up Gators are part of his, you know, part of his family. And, yep. Um, yep. Yeah, it's very very um, interesting. And did you see he had his first debut on the? Fox College game day, get a little run on social media because uh, Tim Stone, the host, asked Urban, you know, because Urban's now one of the voices now, like uh, mm-hmm. on there with with uh, Reggie Bush and the guys, Matt Liner, and he said, uh, he said, is, is this the year for Michigan? And Urban said, for them to do what? <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it, was, it was really kind of funny just the way he, he kind of put them kind of in, in place. It was, it, was, it was funny. So, Todd, let's wrap it up. What do you got coming up this week, buddy? Last week of August. Last week of August. Um, it's the week before um, a three-day weekend, right? So I'm anticipating a lot of people trying to tie up as many loose ends between now and Thursday. Um, so that said, uh, got calls to make um, on Tuesday and Wednesday, and I'm going to spend a uh, majority of Monday and Thursday, um, again, trying to, to help people along and, and let them – um, relax for three days um, and try to try to help you help the customers out as best we can. So um, definitely looking forward to that. And um, again, this is a, a fun time of year. Baseball, uh, the pennant races are heating up, and the the uh, wild cards and college football is in full swing. And uh, NFL will be here around before you know it. So fun time to watch sports for sure. Awesome, Bill. You are back to your regular grind. No more uh, hotel hotel uh, living. Um, Who's on the podcast this week, and what do you got in store for Fidelity National? So let's see. We have Karen Carr from Savannah, Georgia, a Keller Williams agent who does some great stuff with video. She'll be our guest uh, this Tuesday, episode 202. And um, this week, I've got a bunch of these Remind classes. Sean, you know, I've talked about that tool. So I'm, uh, they've got me hooking up with a lot of those. And then I'm also uh, picking up my son at the airport Thursday night. He's flying in nice. town cool. for the long weekend. And Friday night, four of his friends follow him here to St. Pete. So, uh-oh, we'll be uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be spending some money. I recommend the five dollar drinkery and cycle and uh, Green Bench Brewing. Yes. I told Kev about Green Bench in their new tasting room with the uh, crazy beers, and he went, "Oh, perfect!" So they've already yeah. they're already the lined good news. Up. The good news is if you need some money to um, help pay for this weekend with Kevin, you know who to get a second mortgage. You, can, you have some, <laughs> some contacts there, right? <laughs> yeah, I know people. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. We're uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So he'll be he'll be here. Uh, yeah, Thursday night, and then he doesn't leave till Tuesday. So mom's super excited. So good, uh, yeah, good. Yeah. That's awesome, 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 awesome. And then will you be out in the field just or or just walking into the office each day, catching up on some? Yeah, I've got. I'll be tomorrow. I'm, I'm in the office all day. Uh, I've got some stuff to do. And I am interviewing Adam Contos tomorrow, Remax. Oh, CEO. very cool. Good so for that's you. That's exciting. But, um, but then uh, the rest of the week, it's I'm out in the field. So uh, just a lot of appointments. Good. Good. Well, guys, I'm up early tomorrow. Uh, what? Flight to Montana. What? On a Monday? <laughs> you get yes. up early? What? Flying out to Montana via Denver. Oh, yeah. 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 You're bringing mom back, right? Get to see Claire and spend a couple of days out in God's country. We'll uh, – I had a change of plans because I got invited to speak to the Northwest Montana Association of Realtors. So we're Is there a video on that? Yes, there is a video. Nice. <laughs> it's on it's on YouTube. Oh, Go to my okay. YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, so so after I land, I will uh, pick up my rental car. I'll go back to mom's place, pick her up, and we'll head up to Glacier National Park tomorrow. So um, get a chance to go up and see uh, going to the Sun Road and some of the just most beautiful parts of our country. Uh, then Tuesday, we'll go to the National Bison Range, about 35 miles south of Kalispell. 
see some buffalo, uh, antelope, elk, deer, uh, hopefully some bald eagles. Uh, always a fun. And if we maybe get lucky, we'll see some bear. And um, we'll hit a couple <laughs> craft breweries. Nana, Nana hopefully loves, not too close. You don't want to see some bear too close, right? Nana yeah. loves taking me to the craft breweries. I, she's, a, she's a trooper. And uh, Bill, we do our fantasy draft on Tuesday night. Uh, I'll be on Mountain Time, which is great for me. Uh, <laughs> 7.30 for you, 9.30 for me. And then a fun presentation with the uh, with my new friends out in Montana. Uh, gonna sh- gonna open up the Realtors Toolbox: Tools, Tips, nice. and Techniques to Build Your Business. My old classic signature class. So nice. should be fun. So hey, guys, have a great week. It's great catching up with you, Bill. Had a fantastic week. The thank you note, as you can imagine, is already in the mail for you and Cindy. <laughs> and, we uh, had a great time. Cindy had a great time too. It was a good. blast. We just got to get Todd in the group next time. Yeah, for sure. Got to got to hook it. up that Southwest Southwest. Uh, Southwest trip and we'll we'll make it happen. So on behalf of Todd and Bill, I'm Sean Carpenter. Thanks for listening to the Stare Down.